holding steady. We still have the two year at 4% and the 10 year getting pretty close to that. If I check, uh, not great higher pressure on the government to service those rates. And we're still in the yield curve inversion, meaning the likelihood of recession raises every day. Welcome to gold, silver pros. Everybody, this is Rob Keens with goldsilverpros.com. It is September 30th, 2022. This report will come out in a couple of days on Sunday. This is the weekly market wrap where I'm going to talk about all things having to do with precious metals and economics in a quick format that you guys can absorb to get you started on the week and perhaps give you a little bit of direction with your trading and what you're going to focus on. I'm going to dive straight into the share and we're going to get right there. Uh, looking at the economic calendar, we can see that durable goods orders were down about one-tenth of one percent. Core capital goods orders, however, were up. U.S. home price index, something I previewed in last week's market wrap-up, expected these home price uh, home prices to start to fall. They have. It's down 3%, where it was up 3% last month. That's a 6% turnaround to the negative. The FHFA U.S. home price index is down 6.9%, where it was up 1.3%. So that's about an 8% swing from last month. Consumer confidence index is up just a bit and new home sales are up on expectation of 500,000. We had 685,000, which was more than what we had last month at 532. So the housing market, even though prices are coming down, I think that is spurring some people buying some more houses that it enters their appropriate price range. Um, the pending home sales index is down 2%, suggesting however, the overall home sales are down even though the activity in the home sector has rebounded just a little tad due to falling prices. Initial jobless claims come in at 193,000, which is under the expected 215,000. That's a positive. Continuing jobless claims continue to be stubborn, about 1.35 million. Uh, gross domestic product fell 0.6%. That was the expectation. Real gross domestic income rose only one-tenth of a percent on expectations of one4 Looking at the rest of the data, the two big indicators right now that are probably driving a lot of Fed talk and potentially their next steps with rates or the core PCE price index and the PCE price index both rose more than expected in the last month, which pre prevents, I'm sorry, presents problem for the Fed in dealing with inflation. There's a lot going on with that, and it's very important to watch and see whether inflation is going to continue to affect uh, the economic decisions in the economy. Another thing that happened this week were earnings reports, and a lot of them were not positive. First, FedEx, then Apple, NVIDIA, and now Nike are reporting below average earnings. Nike, in particular, was reporting uh, inventories soaring, meaning people aren't buying stuff, and that's a bullwhip effect. There was, as we came back from the shutdowns of the pandemic, people wanted more stuff, and now we've created so much stuff that they can't buy all the stuff. And it's a bullwhip effect of excess inventories sending stock prices down as consumers cannot absorb the supply. Uh, all the markets are basically down today. As I'm reading this at 1.28 p.m. on September 30th, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 255 points at 0.087% fall. S&P 500 is down 22 points, which is a fall of 0.63%. NASDAQ is down to 39.89%. I'm sorry, 10,697 is down 39.89 points, which is 0.37%. The Russell is the only major uh, index that's up. It's trading at 1687.55, a rise of 0.75%. The VIX, the volatility index, which is a measure of overall fear or uncertainty in the market, is down 1% to 
50. The bond markets are kind of holding steady. We still have the two-year at 4% and the 10-year getting pretty close to that if I check. Uh, not great, higher pressure on the government to service those rates, and we're still in a yield curve inversion, meaning the likelihood of recession raises every day that that continues to be the case. In terms of cryptocurrencies, as of time of this report, 1.29 p.m. on September 30th, Bitcoin is up to 19.755, a change of 346 points. Uh, XRP is also up. Much of the cryptocurrency complex is up right now. It's had a nice little rebound. Bitcoin is leaning. Most of the other things, Ethereum is also up 1.67%, slightly behind Bitcoin. A total of... <clears throat> yeah, 1.67%. In other news, we had a lot happen geopolitically. Putin declares the four annexed regions of Ukraine to be theirs forever, blames U.S. for Nord Stream attacks. There were two attacks on Nord Stream. Two bombs went off under the sea that interrupted the Nord Stream pipeline. Lots of speculation on who that could be. We're not going to talk about in the, in the weekly market wrap report, but just know that geopolitically, the situation in Europe is getting a lot worse because even if Russia wanted to turn the gas back on to save them from seeming starvation and economic collapse this winter or the potential for it, uh, it looks as though they won't be able to do that because there's actual physical damage, which will take time to fix. In other company news, Rent-A-Center crashes after uh, pulling guidance due to collapsing economic conditions. So it wasn't just the FedEx and Nikes of the world. Rent-A-Center, which is a way for people to rent uh, furniture and things that they can't afford, is actually crashing so that's the discount end of the market. The discount end of the market's crushing. It's not a good sign for consumers going forward. European inflation hits a new record, rising by double digits for the first time. Uh, it has exploded. Inflation in Britain has exploded. And the British pound has come into parity with the dollar for the first time in a very long time, while the UK markets are in dire stress. We're going to go back to the share screen, and we're going to talk about the gold market here. As we put that up on the window, we're going to start by talking about uh, gold on the CME Group's website. You can see a little bit of a spike in open interest here on the 28th of September. Let's see what that might have done to the price. According to the 28th of September data, it went up 33 bucks. So we had a nice little rebound in gold dating back to Wednesday. Uh, as of Friday's data so far, it's up $3.06. So gold and silver are having a fairly good week after starting the week on a little bit of a loss, as you can see here. That's a nice little rebound, and I will point out that gold and silver are doing the opposite where the rest of the markets. The stocks are continuing to dumping. Bond interest rates are continuing to rise, although Bitcoin has rebounded a little bit. It's way off of its highs. Gold and silver have held up better than almost any asset class this year. I previously said than commercial real estate, but we're starting to see some weakness in both residential commercial real estate as well. So we think gold and silver may end up the year as being the best asset classes even though people are down on them, don't give up just yet. I think they have a chance to end the year in a very positive position and better than most other asset classes. Going on to silver futures on the 20th of September, we had a little bit of a spike in open interest. If we go to settlements, same day as gold, you notice they happen in gold and silver at the same time. There's a nice price increase of 54 cents uh, on uh, estimated volume of 84,674 contracts on the December 22nd contract. Remember, this is a futures so we're trading futures price, but that does determine the spot price that we buy metal at. Now, don't ask me why that's the case. I think it is quite uh, disingenuous and unintelligent, but that's the way that the market works. 
Moving over to the commitment of trader reports from the CFTC, we're dealing with September 20th, 2022 data, about 10 days old. That's what they publish as the latest one. As we look at silver, the thing that we look at the most is the position of the swap dealers. You can see right now that the swap dealers are net long, about 17,000 contracts. The managed money is net short, about 8,000 contracts, and the rest of the shorts reside with the producer merchant category, which makes sense because they have downward price risks that they have to hedge on the markets. The managed money looks to be the dupes here as the swap dealers, or also known as the bullion banks, have gone net long in silver, and the managed money is taking the opposite side of the position. Um, I think it's going to affect the managed money quite a bit if gold and silver were to rise. In gold, it's a little bit different dynamic. The swap dealers are still net short 154,000 contracts of gold, while they're net long 96,000, a net short position of about almost 60,000 contracts. However, they dropped over a tenth of their short contracts last week. They dropped 18,549, as you can see on the screen, and added 7506 long. So I think the bullion banks are starting to reposition in gold, the same repositioning we saw in silver starting over a month ago. They have basically done 25,000 contract swing just on the week as reported September 20th in the gold market to the long side. So I think they're starting to prepare for a long move. The bullion banks are in the market. And we look at the bullion banks as the measure of where the smart money is going because managed money has never been the smart money in the, the precious metals market. They may be in other markets, not here. And the producer merchants basically do what they need to do to hedge their price risk. The only other really category uh, of any size of the other reportables, and that's family offices and things. They're net long gold, 136,000 contracts, and net long uh, silver, 15,729. So the other reportables, which represent family offices and wealthy investors and a lot of smart people, have gone long both gold and silver, and I think there's a reason why. Moving over to Link Nillard's charts, we're going to talk about the gold stocks. They ended up down for the week. As recently as mid-2020, when the pandemic had started, we had in uh, registered stocks, those available for trade, 20 million ounces were now down to about 13. So it's about a, been about a 7 million ounce runoff in liquid gold, the registered category. Remember, registered is what gets traded on the exchange. Eligible is private storage until the owner of that puts it up for uh, the registered category, which they could do, but most of the time doesn't happen. So we tend to follow registered stocks a little bit more because it explains the liquidity of the gold and silver markets. Some liquidity can come back in from eligible, but in a letter dated from the CME group to the CFTC, I think on April 19th of 2020, I believe, if I'm correct, uh, they, the, the exchanges talked about the fact that most of what's sitting in eligible, they don't know if it ever come back to the market because it's privately owned. So it's an illusion. The eligible stocks are an illusion of liquidity on the market, but we don't know how much will actually come in. It's a private decision, private ownership. But we do know that the registered category is the liquid. All right, on to the, <clears throat> excuse me, there's a moment. On to the silver stocks. We can see that registered stocks have plummeted from almost 160 million ounces to now just 40. So we've lost about three quarters of the liquid silver on the COMEX market dating back to the beginning of 2021. This happened to coincide with silver squeeze. So as silver squeeze came into place, people began draining the COMEX of liquid silver. Now you'll notice there's been a big spike in the amount of eligible silver sitting in storage. Now some of that could come back on the market at higher prices. We don't know how much, so we don't know how thin the COMEX market is really getting for silver other than the liquid silver is getting really thin. The stored silver and private contracts robust. We don't know how much of that could make it back to the market or if it's already designated for the purposes. Those are private contracts. I want to show you the overall net outflow 
from ETFs, mainly from London on this chart from Nick Laird's side over the last four weeks. It's been down 12 million ounces overall. If you look specifically at SLV from iShares, they're down from 18,000, I'm sorry, 18 million, 18 billion ounces, it looks like, down to about 8 billion. So they've lost almost, they've lost more than half of their silver dating back to silver squeeze beginning in 2021. So not only has the COMEX been drained of silver dating back to silver squeeze movement, so has the gold in London through various ETFs. You can see all the negative here and especially through the biggest one, SLV, that's in the charts. And I also wanted to talk about premiums. Premiums tend to blow out when you reach shortage positions. If we go back and look at COMEX silver, we know this is a big runoff of silver on COMEX and a big runoff of silver here on the London depositories as well. And wouldn't you know the premiums for retail silver have spiked here on this chart. We're looking at source monex.com for several different issuances, bald eagles, bullions, American eagles, maple leaves, so on and so forth. American eagles have spiked the most 60% premium uptake, whereas the Canadian bald eagle is at 30% and the Canadian silver mill silver maple leaf is also up 30%. <clears throat> now, when talking to Ian, who runs Arc Silver, he says the premiums on like Britannia's because of the queen have gone up something like 5% a day consistently. So they've almost tripled. The premiums have almost tripled since the queen died. So if you're looking at something which is somewhat commemorative of a government figure, those premiums can spike when that government figure is no longer here. I think most of that's uh, derived from the death of the queen, not necessarily from market premiums, although uh, through supply and demand, although supply and demand probably, you know, plays somewhat of a factor overall, but the Britannia is a special case. If you look at historical premiums for, for silver since the pandemic, the historical premiums from silver pretty much across the board have been more than they were before. So the pandemic started us into higher premium silver, whereas silver squeeze propelled us into much higher premium silver as well. That is going to uh, wrap up this part of the weekly market wrap. Stay tuned for an update on the physical markets from our good friend, Ian Everard of Arc Silver, coming up right after this. Stay tuned. Searching for the best precious metals deal? Shop with our trusted partner, Arc Silver. Access special deals on silver, gold, and platinum through our website or call 307-264-9441. And now for this week's metals market update, we have Ian of Arc Silver. Ian, how are you doing? And what does the silver and gold market look like today? I'm really good, Rob. I hope you're okay. Didn't have too much tequila and taco meat in Texas, in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there. the squeeze seems to be on on the retail and the secondary wholesalers and the primary wholesalers. Um, some product is now the wholesalers they pay for it now they'll get it january mm -hmm. which is a fair way off so a lot of my wholesalers are putting different coins on allocation so you can still buy them but you can only buy a thousand or 50 if it's gold and also uh, a much tighter supply on the thousand ounce bars so premium is rising by up to 30 cents from some suppliers on the thousand ounce bars so it sounds as though there's not as much inventory available, do you, is that more in silver or gold? And do you think uh, that supplies have gotten reasonably tight or do you think there's still enough metal available? Uh, I deal primarily in silver. I do do gold. So I don't dig too deep in, into that. 
Um, anything with Queen Elizabeth II on seems to be on allocation, any 2022 Britannias particularly. Um, but yes, I would say the supply of silver is very tight in the retail float and in the secondary and primary wholesaler float is diminished. Anything else that we should know about in terms of the middle markets this week? Anything that you're noticing, Ian? I would say, and yeah, everyone can say I'm talking my own book. I sell silver. We all know that. I would get it whilst you can. Um, at the moment, the bar prices haven't risen drastically, but with coin premiums doubling, literally doubling in three or four days, it is starting to pull up the bars. 10-ounce bars have risen. 100-ounce bars have risen. Kilos won't be far behind to, to play catch up. As people move down the food chain, if they're not prepared to pay $8, $9 on a maple as a premium, they'll move down into the 10-ounce into the bars. Rounds um, are up to two months out, some buffalo round suppliers. So, yeah, I would say if you're thinking about buying it and you, and you think spot's going to fall back and you'll get a bargain, you might well find spot could be down a dollar, the premium could be up a dollar, you'll be exactly where you are, and you might have to wait two months. So did I hear you correctly in saying some of the coin premiums have gone up two to three times? Yeah. I mean, literally Britannia's have been going up 25 cents, 30 cents a day. Um, almost since the, since the queen died. Wow. Yeah, so we're nearly wholesale. We're nearly two and a half times the premium on a Britannia, which is filtering through to if, if you, anybody watching has a look at the the big sites, you'll see how how their premiums are risen. How are premiums overall in the market for silver? Do you see a generalized across the board, or just some of the specific instances we chatted about? Um, everything has moved up. Apart from, I still have a supplier of kilo bars, and they haven't put those up yet. But then that was yesterday. And my last bulk supplier, Britannia, has put their price up $1.25 yesterday on the Britannia. And they didn't call me to give me a chance to, 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 to buy some before they put their premium up. Um, but thankfully, we have pretty large inventories on the Britannias, the Maples, Armenian Noah's Arcs and Philharmonics. Okay. So how do people get in touch with you if they're interested in ordering gold, silver? Uh, a phone call is usually the most efficient. If, you, mm -hmm. if you're telephobic, email, I will get to it. It might take up to three days now to get, get through to the emails. But a phone call, I will answer or call back um, same day. So it sounds like your order flow is pretty strong right now, Ian, would you say? It, it is. Yeah. It looks like... I, I thought we were doing well when the business had doubled, and it seems like we've doubled again and we've doubled again. Mm. Well, that's good to new, uh, news to hear. A last question I had for you. Uh, anything in the macro macroeconomic picture that uh, alarms you lately? Anything in particular? Is it the, what the Fed is doing or what factor do you look at the economy and say is probably the biggest one in spurring people to buy as much precious metals as they are Ooh. right now? Well, this funny thing that's going on, $10, 10 pounds. When did you ever think they were going to be the same? No, um, I remember traveling yeah. to, to London and it was almost one and a half times per one and thinking, yeah. man, I'm going to get hit here. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, historically, it was five to one mm. when both nations were on a gold on a gold standard. So we've seen this dramatic drop in the purchasing power of the pound against the dollar. Don't think it can't happen to the dollar. Mm-hmm. It will happen to the dollar. We are blessed. We are fortunate. We've got a bit of breathing space that the rest of the world hasn't got. Now, if you haven't been buying your gold in Britain, you're paying 10% more almost overnight in that radical devaluation of the pound. So crazy stuff. We have the Bank of England putting up interest rates. We have the government doing unfunded um, expenditure of tax cuts, creating more pounds out of nowhere whilst increasing interest rates. So they're fighting inflation and simultaneously causing inflation. Don't think that can't happen here. I'm not sure we're going to go back to the extravagant money currency creation. My gut feeling is the Fed is not going to pivot and they want to bring down the whole European banking system. They want to own the whole Western financial system. Yeah, that's very interesting. The strength of the dollar, of course, what looks like the realization of uh, Brent Johnson's dollar milkshake theory, at, at least right now. The dollar is strengthening. All the other currencies are suffering because they're demanding dollars. It's the flight to safety. I think it's also some extinguishing of a dollar-denominated debt and rotation maybe into Chinese debt that people aren't talking about, but I suspect is going on. Certainly, Ian, that probably means that gold and silver and every other currency are rising at a time when they may be falling in the dollar, and that may be given the wrong signal. Yeah. The market, if you're not paying attention to gold and other currencies, you may not see what's going on in this rising dollar environment. Yeah. I mean, my instinct, my gut and study tells me this is a tsunami moment. Before a tsunami hits the beach, the tide goes out way, way out, mm-hmm. further out than it's ever been. And everything looks good and people rush out to pick up all the interesting things. And, and then suddenly you have a 200 foot wave crashing in when we, this could be a tsunami moment. Um as the dollar rises further and further, it's, it could fall faster than we could imagine. Let, let alone if we get an international decision to do a mass debasement of currency against gold. Mm-hmm. That could well be on the books. Um, some of our listeners may well remember 1984, the Plaza Agreement, and I think the dollar was devalued 16% overnight. Mm-hmm. Well, what if all the Western currencies got together and say, yeah, we'll devalue 50% against gold, 100%, 90% against gold, overnight, declared, suddenly gold is $10,000 an ounce. Now that's going to price the average citizen out of buying gold. And if that happens, what, what's going to happen to silver? It could go, you know, if, silver, if gold goes five times and it's Silver will go meteoric at that point. Exactly. It could go 20 times. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the only thing that will be left that is affordable in in fractional, let alone ounce pieces. All right. That has been your weekly market update here at Gold Silver Pros. Thank you for tuning in. And right after this, we're going to put up the details for how you can order gold and silver from ARK Silver. Thank you, Ian, for joining. Thank you, Rob. Searching for the best precious metals deal? Shop with our trusted partner, Arc Silver. Access special deals on silver, gold, and platinum through our website. Or call 307-264-9441.